TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. There's a drive to center. Buxton comes in, plays it on a hop. Here comes the throw to the plate. And he is out at the plate. What a throw by Buxton. Otani sliding into Carver. Some concern as to whether he's all right. What a throw by Byron Buxton in center field. It was an amazing throw, and he was not all right. This is the Score North first place twins show on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. That was the call on Fox Sports North. I'm Rami Makloff along with Judd Zolgad. Our twins reporter, Derek Wetmore. Find his thoughts and musings on your twins at scorenorth.com. Declan, on the other side of the glass, if you want to get in on the show, 651-646-8255, or you can tweet us at Score North. Uh, Rocco Baldelli saying after the game yesterday that it was a high ankle sprain for Mitch Garver Oof. on that play at the plate. That is never a good thing. That's usually an injury that will cost you a significant amount of time. I should mention the Twins are in action right now. Two to one, they lead. And uh, so we'll keep you updated on that as the day moves along. Turn your TV down, turn your radio up, and uh, take in the Score North first place Twins show. Now, we actually do prepare for this show. We send notes back and forth with uh, thoughts, musings, questions, statistics even. And we try and plan what we're going to talk about here on a given afternoon. Pictures today. Pictures? Yeah, there were, there were pictures. pictures. Yes. I didn't see a picture oh. in the email thread. Oh, didn't look at the prep. Oh. Did I not get... You got it. Oh yeah, I did. We okay. should start tagging. No, you I, on I those. forgot all about no, that. That's right. That was early. Garver pictures. Yeah. That was the first one. That was early this morning. There were frame by frame pictures of that play that we just heard, <sighs> and uh, the last email that oh, we got. I, that's not that. I've seen way worse. An, an ankle turned at ninety degrees is not that bad. I seriously thought his uh, whole foot was gentlemen, shattered, just smashed. Gentlemen, I saw. E.J. Henderson's femur snap in half, okay? Yeah, and no his thanks. leg dangling. No thanks. Mitch, Gar- Mitch Garver ain't got nothing wrong with him compared to that. No thanks. Yeah, that was Mitch the Garver, most disgusting Mitch Garver's just fine compared to that. Yeah. Mitch Garver will tell you that. But the last email, the last note that we got from our Twins reporter, Derek Wetmore, came about half an hour before we came on the air here, and it just said, today we fight. I don't even know what we're fighting about, man. What are we fighting about? What's the fight? I need to fight both of you, but this was specifically for you, This Rami. was directed at me. Yeah, Okay, was. for when which you... one? I threw two things out there. Yeah, I don't remember what the first one is, but the second <laughs> one, I, I, I almost came in and interrupted Purple Daily and said, Rami, we got a bone to pick. Okay. You said that uh, this Mitch Garver lost. The Twins are going to be without him for a while. Yes. I mean, we should say, I think you said in the open, Mitch Garver is going to miss time with a high ankle sprain. And Miguel Sano's back with the Twins. I saw him, saw pictures of him in the dugout, so he's there. Mm-hmm. You said that Mitch Garver. I'll read you exactly what I will said. not be missed or something exactly like that. It won't be that tough to replace. I don't think they're going to miss Garver as much as it may seem. Is what I said in the email. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Mitch Garver has been outstanding for the I, Twins. Yes, he He's has. a huge reason yes, they're where they are. Yes, he has. I think it's a big loss for Minnesota. I, I can't believe yeah. you think it's otherwise. A, it's a significant loss. I'm not saying it's not. I'm okay. just saying, and and they will miss him. I just don't think they'll miss him as much as it may seem as we sit here today in the immediate aftermath of the injury. And here's why I say that. Two reasons. One, let's be real. Mitch Garver is not Barry Bonds in catcher's gear. 
He's, I know the numbers look like it. Didn't you include, did, you had the odd pace numbers in one of the emails again today. Why don't you go ahead and read those before you try to back up your point that he's not Barry Bonds in catcher's gear. This guy is Buster Posey with power. His, it's uh, ridiculous. His, he was odd pace for 59 home runs. This is this is per 600 this is per plate 600 appearances. Per 600 plate yes. appearances. 59 home runs, 125 RBI, 72 walks, and 171 hits. And it hasn't even heated up yet outside. Right. <laughs> This is this is prime Buster Posey plus power. He wasn't going to keep that up. Okay. So do you he, think that he they simply so, wasn't going to keep that up? There was a regression to the mean in the future and probably the near future for being realistic. The right? mean, do you think other people will then replace that that product? I mean, where does that come from? And that's then? what I was just going to get to. We've talked about how deep and versatile this team is compared to Twins teams of the past, and I think now you're going to see. And again. I think there will be a drop-off. You will miss him. But I think now you're going to see one of the benefits of having that depth and versatility because one of the guys who gives you that depth and versatility happens to be Williams, La Tortuga, Astadio, who can play catcher. And your other catcher has been hitting the ball pretty well this season already, too. You And Mitch Garver wasn't playing full-time. He was almost splitting the, the time at catcher, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Throughout yeah. the season? Oh yeah. But- so you're going from you're going from one platoon to another at catcher. And yes, there will be a drop off. Yes, they will miss him. I'm just saying that they're equipped to handle this loss better than a lot of teams would be. And Mitch Garver was going to regress, so there was going to be some drop off offensively from that position anyways. Two things. Okay. One, Mitch Garver doesn't regress to the mean. The mean regresses to Mitch Garver. <laughs> You smoking dope before Your love for Mitch Garver is approaching my love for Williams Astadio. Yeah, and, and your agenda is very clear, Lami. <laughs> no, this your, has nothing to do with this. Your agenda. This is your La Tortuga agenda. No, it has nothing to do okay, with that. Okay, I don't feel that he's going to make up for Mitch Garver. La Tortuga loss. is going to find his way to have impact on this team, whether it's Mitch Garver getting hurt or some other way. He's he's a legend, and he's going to find a way to have an impact on this team. Oh, but this has nothing to do with Spoken so like such a, a Cubs fan from the lovable no, loser days. Oh, we love this guy. Nothing to do with my agenda. The second thing that I'll say, mm-hmm. after saying that Mitch Garver doesn't regress to the mean, the mean regresses to Mitch Garver yes. is that one of the reasons I think personally that Jason Castro's having such a nice season and that Williams Estadio is having such a nice season and that Mitch Garver looks like Buster Posey with power is that they don't have to play every day because they've had three guys for the most part. Williams missed some time. He's back. They basically say, all right, Castro, here are the couple games you're catching this week. Garver, here are the games you're catching this week. Estadio, here's your game of the week. They are able to then take a load off of those catchers and say, let's divvy up this squatting behind the plate and game planning for opposing pitchers and opposing hitters. You just focus on your couple of games and you go out and try to dominate. And dominate they did. I think that when you split that between two guys, especially one who's a little bit lesser of a catcher, I think that that starts to crumble. That plan starts to fall apart a little bit. That's why you're going to feel Mitch Garver's loss. I feel like the conversation here as well goes to the bigger picture of something that happened on Sunday is with uh, Cruz now with a bad wrist. You've got now two guys with injuries that linger. Yep. A, ba- a bad hand slash wrist doesn't change in 10 days. And, and a, a high ankle sprain for football fans, as they know, lingers and lingers and lingers. And Mitch Garver probably does not catch at least for probably a month plus 
Now he might be able to come back and DH at some point or play some first base. Uh, but this, but these two guys are going to be dealing with injuries that very well could bother them for the rest of this year. And so that to me is the concern. If we were talking about something that just healed and the player's fine, I'd be like, okay, that's that's great. But both in both cases, you've got key guys who have been very important at the plate for you and have played a lot this year who now have potential lingering injuries that are going to become an issue. And so now my question becomes, who are the people behind them and where does the production come from? Right. If if we're talking about Cruz being out for, let's just take a guess here, uh, or not being right for a month plus, and Garver probably being out almost certainly for a month plus. Yeah. Because Gar- Garver ain't coming back in 10 days. So you're hinging your hopes on Miguel Sano. I mean, if you think that that's production that's just going to be replaced it's not those those yeah, the that. two guys that you were talking right. about are legitimately two of the best hitters in baseball right now they're, they're hitting like it anyways okay there's some regression coming fine but they're both real stat lines six weeks into the season have been amazing they're still impressive. incredibly important yeah you can't just i i think you can't just write it off in fact i, I tweeted this earlier maybe this is the time to bring this up i tweeted that Here's what Mitch Garver's hitting at the time of the injury, and it was like a if you guys are weighted on base average guys, it's like a 475 wOBA, best hitter in baseball. I was like, if if Miguel Sano can approximate this production, Twins are World Series favorites. And a couple of people got mad because they didn't get the joke. Like they're like, oh well, if he could just be one of the best hitters ever in baseball, great take, guy. And my point is. Yeah, Mitch Garver has been hitting like one of the best hitters ever in baseball. That's that's the whole point. It's amazing. I don't think that you can simply write that off and say, well, but Sano's back. That's going to add some thump into the lineup. We're good here. I think that the loss is bigger than that. If you're looking for a, a silver lining on this dark cloud, Judd, it's that Sano can hopefully, from the Twins' perspective, take on some of that loss and reproduce some of the power numbers that you're missing now. And again, just so I'm clear... I'm not saying they won't miss Mitch Garver at all. I think they won't miss him as much as it may seem at this particular moment. And have you looked at Jason Castro's per 600? Yeah, he's he's been great too. 42 home runs, 102 RBI, 68 walks, and 128 why? hits. Part of that is playing three times a week. Because exactly. He because he doesn't have to play as much, and now he does. No, he doesn't. He's going to have to play more. La Tortuga no, will no, be back there. Guy, that's not going to be How many an games are you catching your guy a week? That you know Two? that. Yeah, okay, so if Castro's going five games a week, that his numbers go down. Castro's role, as far as playing time, is now going to be accelerated to a He's point that Twins catcher. don't want. That's right. Exactly right. He's starting catcher Like, your now. guy's going to play, but but think about this. La Tortuga plays, he can DH one day, he spells somebody at third base one day, he plays left. He's not going to slot into the Garver catching role. But with Sano back, you don't need him to move around as much, because Sano plays some of those same positions. I still think he catches max twice per week. I think the Garver Castro split was absolutely ideal. It was, and Latortuga could step in occasionally, and that was fine. Look, I'm not saying that if 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 Garver was healthy, they should bench him for Latortuga. That's not. I'm not coming out here and saying that they'll right. miss him. I just don't, I think they're. But I don't think it works like you're saying. They're more equipped to handle this than most teams would be. I think you're now putting Jason Castro in a in the exact position they didn't have to want. Would you agree with that, Derek? That yeah. they're in a better position to absorb this that than part, a lot of teams would that be? That part I can give you, because not many teams have a start uh, a third-string catcher as good as what Williams Estadio has been this season. So, right. I, so I'm with you there. 
but man, I can't I can't even start to think that this is not going to be a big loss well, for the Twins. What's the key thing in sports? The key thing in sports is to slot everyone in a position they to, can handle. that they can handle and causes them to have the most success possible. Yep. And and when do people start to fail? When you start to have to ask them to do things outside their comfort zone, the box, and to IE basically play too much. Right. And that's why Garver and and that's the Garver thing was perfect because you also didn't have to tell him to catch on a daily basis as well. I think that helped him. This oh no question it yeah. did. And he could DH, but he didn't have to catch. Jason Castro now is going to play too much, and he's a good catcher, but he's going to start to wear down. And at the plate, that's going to have a direct effect. And and the problem is, Garver didn't do something where you can say in 15 days he's fine, which would be great. You know, okay, he misses 15 days. A high ankle sprain is, in sports, a really, really bad thing. And and the question now is, how long is he going to be out? Because the 10-day thing is just the start of this. Yeah, I want to ask you about that, Judd, because you covered football. And I understand what the Twins are doing. The word out of target field today in listening to the the pregame show and seeing the reports on Twitter and everything is, well, boy, this is actually really good news. Uh, Boy, we for considering what it looked like, we just... We got really lucky. What great news this is that it's not worse than it looks. I thought it was. I really did. When I told you when well, I when I saw that play, and not that a high ankle sprain is is yeah. not a significant injury, but when I first saw the play, thought he might be done for the year. I thought his I I thought yeah. his foot was shattered. The way so, did you? His foot looked like it bent backwards and, when yeah. when Otani's and could when not it, put any weight none. on the foot as yeah, he was getting helped out, carried off basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look. I understand wanting to spin it in a positive way, but Judd, my question for you is, you hear a guy has a high ankle sprain in the NFL, how much time is he missing? Oh, he misses probably a month. Yeah, minimum. Like, it's that's it's the, ligament damage. You, you, if you have a fantasy it's, football player and he has a high ankle sprain, depending on the time of year, you drop here, him. Here's the fair, here's, here's, drop him here's the fair point. Here's the fair point. Rami's right. It's good news. Cut that. Because his ankle didn't shatter. <laughs> we need that Rami's So Rami's right not sound. wrong. Rami's right. But here's Cut what but here's what people who like the twins have to keep in mind. The question now is how long is Garver going to miss and when he comes back, how effective is he going to be? Because this is the type of thing that will linger for months. And it seems to me, and again, I'm not a doctor, but it seems to me like that playing catcher is probably more taxing oh, I, yes. on that injury than than any other position on the on the baseball. I field. think he comes back to DH. Or to first, play yeah, some first would, base or something. I would, I would guess I you're bet probably he did, right. I bet he doesn't catch for two months. Well, and that's what I think is so frustrating is he, I think, was making such great strides defensively. Everyone's talking about his yep. Barry Bonds-like bat. I know how much you love Barry Bonds, Rami. Uh, but My favorite. <laughs> favorite player. But I think that's what's so frustrating is he was making strides as a catcher defensively, and now... I mean, this guy's also 28, 29. He was a late bloomer for a little bit for an MLB prospect, and now it's... We're going to be in this discussion of, well, should he even be focusing on catching long-term? Did you guys take any issue with the play itself, with the slide by Otani, and how the whole thing played out? I cried because I loved it so much. <laughs> tears of joy? You cried tears of joy it while was they the were per- it was the perfect carrying play. Mitch Garver off the field? It this was, it is was why perfect- I wanted to fight today. It was the perfect play. <laughs> There is nothing you can say the about other fight. that play. You know what? There's nothing you, you can say about that play. That Back to your respective corners. Ding, round, ding. round two. Tap the glass. On the Score North first place twins show right after this. I'm going to knock him out. On Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. 
Phil Mackey here for Federated Insurance. Now, if you listen to the radio show, I'm a numbers guy. Here's a couple numbers that should really get your attention. 2.4 million injured and 35,092 dead. Those are National Safety Council numbers from 2015. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than just statistics. These are family members, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving continues to be an epidemic. It could happen as easy as this. A driver approaches an intersection with a traffic light and they become distracted reading a social media post. They run the red light and collide with another vehicle, killing the driver and severely injuring themselves. So ask yourself, do you multitask while driving? Do you ever closely follow the vehicle in front of you? Do you find yourself checking your phone for messages while you're driving? Well, according to the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, there are 815,000 distracted drivers on Minnesota roads at any given time. Don't become a statistic. Make it home safe today. To learn more, contact your local Federated Insurance Marketing representative. Deep to left field, and that's not coming back. Home run number nine for Garber, and it's 3 to nothing, Minnesota. That was a call yesterday on Fox Sports North as the Twins, the first place Twins, were victorious. And they lead the Angels right now 2-1 to one in the finale of that series, fourth inning. Turn your TV down, turn your radio up for the first place Score North Twins show. Adrianza, on correct. Rami, and, is that right? uh, on the Score North mobile app. Yes, Ari Adrianza with a... Uh, a hit to drive in the two runs. I didn't see how the Angels scored. Anybody update? Can Tommy LaStella. Oh, that's right. Solo home run to right field. Right. Because you know, a this guy I had no idea year. left the Cubs. Power hitter. Is now on fire. I did not know. I, I was I was looking at Angels-Orioles box scores on like Saturday. And I'm like, LaStella on the Angels? Who's this? And so I go online and look. It's, it's Tommy LaStella. Yep. The Cubs sure traded is. him in December the, the, or something. The very same. Um, Jake Odorizzi's 22 inning scoreless streak snap with that solo shot. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. How about that? Look, that's the type of information you get right here. So before the break, uh, Judd and Derek were about to engage in fisticuffs over the uh, the play that resulted in a high ankle sprain for Mitch Garver last night. If you didn't see it, it was a uh, sort of a weak line drive grounder out to center field. Byron Buxton picked it up, bobbled it a little bit. He gets to throw in perfect strike home. Yep. Shohei Otani flying around third base. And that's another guy. We were talking about Buxton yesterday, how he just flies around the bases, looks like a deer running. I don't know if a lot of people really realize how fast Shohei Otani is. Yeah. But Rocco, he comes. Rocco said the that exact thing last night. Did he really? He said, I don't know if people understand he runs like a gazelle. Yeah. He said the exact same thing. Really? Great minds think alike. Look at that. I didn't see Rocco's post game press conference. He I did not that. even know he said Otani that. Otani is a legit top flight athlete yeah yeah it's great um so he slides in and obviously a lot of momentum a lot of force in that slide being the size he is moving at the speed that he is and uh his foot meets mitch garver's foot and like i said results in a high ankle sprain i did not take any issue with the way that the play played out but it seems like you two have much stronger feelings about this than i do john you said it brought a tear of joy to your eyes i'm with you though it was the perfect play it was the perfect play. Buxton makes. Now, Buxton juggled the ball for just a split second, but comes up throwing. And, and by the way, here's the funny, here's the one funny thing about that entire sequence. Do you guys realize that the reason Byron Buxton didn't catch that ball for an out is because of this whole thing now that, that we talked about earlier in the week where the Twins are positioning him deeper? Yeah. He catches that yeah. ball l- last year because he's playing shallow and, and that's a fly ball out. But, Derek, I don't know, and and we've gone back and forth on. I thought collisions 
Now, so if Otani had flown in to Garver and had uh, barrel blocked him, then I'd still like it myself, but I but I would get your point. Sure. What about that play, though? Because Garver has the right, once he has the ball, to take his foot and block that plate. What about that play, besides the fact it's unfortunate he got hurt, I think we all agree on that, didn't you like? Yeah, no, that's it. It's just, yeah, you don't like to see guys getting hurt. Sure. I mean, this is why they have the Buster Posey rule, and now the Twins lost Buster Posey. But that was the right, but it was, but everything went right. Yeah, I mean. Like, there's, there's, there was nothing, if, if Otani comes into Garver's knee and, and doesn't slide quick enough, then I would say he violated the rule, he's out, Garver got hurt, that's yeah. really too bad. But as far as I was concerned, uh, Via the Buster Posey rule, which Posey got hurt in 2011, that rule went into effect in 2014 and was passed on a full-time basis in 2015. Everything about that play adhered to the Buster Posey rule. Yeah. Garver's not blocking the plate. He gives Otani a path. He gets the ball. He's trying to throw the tag down, and he blocks like the front quarter of the plate, maybe. And Otani's slide happens to take him into the, like, I don't think it was malicious. I wasn't watching that play and thinking, oh, he's really trying to jar the ball loose. And Otani... Otani's sliding into the plate and... Otani stayed down for a split second, got up, and immediately grabbed Mitch and was like, are are you okay? And it was clear he was not. Yeah. But yeah, there was nothing about that play that violated this. By any means, I don't think it's malicious, but it's just, I don't like the fact that we have these top flight athletes who you pay to see. I mean, Mitch Garver is a price of admission player. Shohei Otani is a price of admission player. And because there's just contact in sports, it's impossible to get rid of it entirely. Injuries happen. And like Garver's cleats, it looked like they got stuck, and that's why maybe his ankle turned. I'm not exactly sure. Um, But for him to avoid even significant injury is amazing to me. I don't know how he even did that. It's just not something you pay to go see. I don't want to see great hitters, great players like Mitch Garver get injured in that spot. So I don't take exception to Otani's slide or anything like that. I take exception to the fact that guys are getting hurt and we shouldn't celebrate that. But is no, I'm not celebrating that he got hurt. Judd's crying tears of joy. It was a perfect because play. It, because it was a beautiful baseball play, and I, I agree with Judd on that. I and we we've had it out over the the rules about protecting catchers before, and I, I don't think you should have removed collisions. From the game, I think you should take certain measures to protect catchers. I think that's a ridiculous. But take. I don't think you need to Hold remove collisions from it yeah, altogether. Judd's it's just about to come the pat me on the back, maybe give me a <laughs> hug. Oh, it's a full. <laughs> that's a hug. big hug. I wish oh, I had my cell phone out. I, I love you too, Judd. I, <laughs> I don't. That is the most exciting play in baseball, and one of the most exciting plays in sports is the play at the plate on a throw from the outfield. That's that's one of the. You talk about. Price of admission, that's one of the most exciting moments in a baseball game. So, okay, you want to take out collisions. I understand why. I disagree with it, but I understand why. I don't think you'll ever get to a point where we're going to have close plays at the plate from the outfield and there will be no risk of injury. Right, It's just not possible. Right, I get that. And this is as close as you can to Mitch Garver protecting himself, and it still happens. But I don't think there was anybody in either clubhouse last night upset it just happens okay it's really unfortunate it's too bad but that was that play unfolded textbook right i mean as far as buxton's it's too bad really that garver got hurt because otherwise we would have spent the whole score north first place twin show today talking about what an amazing gem byron buxton is that's an amazing throw it's the play of the game you can't no question like that doesn't go right in video games 
And this went well in real life for him to pick up that short hop kind of on an awkward level hop. It's not and like he picked it up at his shoestring. It a little bit. Yeah, well, it's probably because it of the way it came right. in. Exactly yes. right. Yeah, right. He didn't pick it up on his shoestrings, which is just a natural play that you've been making since you were in fifth grade as a baseball outfielder. And it didn't come in chest high, which is just, you know... This it's the laser show. Byron Buxton just going to pick it up and throw it in one step. When he it released came up it, like at his just like halfway up his I don't know his his femur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it short hopped a sort weird of in between spot. Hop. When he first released it, I didn't think there was any chance to catch the runner at home. I oh, really yeah, did. You haven't seen enough Byron Buxton. I haven't. Then. You're right. <laughs> we were debating this in the press box the other day. Uh, it's fun to think about in plays like that. This illustrates it perfectly. Byron Buxton running from second base on a single to center field with Byron Buxton in center field. Could Byron Buxton throw out Byron Buxton? That's a great question. No, the answer is no. See, because here's the thing about Buxton, and this is what makes him so fascinating. This is why I wish Mitch Garver did not get hurt in that instance, and we could just talk all day long about Byron Buxton, gold glove center fielder, because we know about the speed on the bases. We've seen it. It's played out in front of our eyes. We know about his speed coming in, going back, running to the wall, taking away doubles in the gaps. His speed is not a secret. I feel like in a weird kind of way, because of the whole package of the rest of Byron Buxton, that his excellent, excellent throwing arm and accuracy has gone unnoticed. Not not unnoticed, but underappreciated. This play is the perfect pedestal on which to put his skills. He's got an 80 arm, and it's legit. It's... It's one of the reasons that he's a superstar outfielder. His entire play in in the outfield is why we all talk about tolerating, dude. If you hit two sixty five, go for it. But if it's not just five. You're a star. It, it's not just his catches. He it, he is an among the elite great center fielders in this game. He covers more ground than most. He can throw better than most. Yep. Everything he does is is puts him in a percentile that's very, very small. Let me ask you both a question here. And Derek, I, I need you to suspend your um, biases against this. No, but I'm, it's a serious that's question. <laughs> but I need you to suspend your biases for one second against the actual art of the, the collision at home plate. If we didn't have the sort of nuanced, you can put your foot in front of the plate and block the plate if you get the throw in time. If you don't, you can't. Uh, Otani, you can slide, but you can't do this. If if that was a bang bang play between two clean players, Otani's a clean player, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's not going to try and kill a guy. If that was a clean play at the plate last night, old rules. Does Garver get hurt because he probably then fully blocks the plate with his shin pad? There, the problem was his foot got hit because that was what what he used to block the plate. My question being is, if we back this thing up to 2010. And the old rules were allowed. Does Garver not get hurt because you don't have as much of a nuance of what you can and can't do? Um, maybe. Now, do you mean if there was a, a collision instead yeah, I'm of saying yeah, he just he barrels can, instead of a slide? Yeah, I'm saying he can go in into him, but I perceive Otani to be a clean player, so I don't think he's going to try to take Garver's head off in that play. Maybe, but I, I don't know that there is much of a difference because of how how bang bang the play was and. One thing that I agree with in in these new rules is that, and I played catcher for a long time, never anywhere near the major league level, but I played catcher for a long time, and one of the first things that a coach told me was, and this was at an age and a level where there were no collisions, but he still told me this because things like what happened to Mitch Garver last night can happen. You don't block the plate until you have the ball. 
Because you can't see the runner. You can't brace yourself for any collision. You can't set yourself up to make a tag. You can't even put yourself in a good baseball position, much less prevent an injury. Do not block the plate until you have the ball. And as as bang-bang as it was last night, because Mitch Garver wasn't blocking the plate, caught the ball, the only thing he could put in front of the plate before Otani got there was that foot. I don't yeah. think he could have really done a whole lot more in terms of getting in in better position or blocking more of the plate with his shin guard or his body. He did what he phys- what was physically possible to do in that instant between catching the ball and and Otani getting to the plate. Yeah, I still think there's an injury if you have the old get in front and block it rules because then it's, you know, shoulder, you're involving the head potentially. Buster Posey didn't get a concussion, right? Buster Posey had his leg clipped out from his, behind him. His leg basically snapped. Yeah, and that was just the end of his season. And yeah. nobody wants to see that with a star caliber player like a Buster Posey or, yes, I'm going to say it, Mitch Garver. Nobody wants that. No one's no one's pulling for that. It's the reason they changed the rules. I do think to Rami's point of like not being able to anticipate is a huge component here. Right. It, now, though, I do wonder the way that teams prepare and plan for every tiny detail that you wouldn't even think of. It's amazing to think, you know, if that was still a play, what would you do? Would you would you try to sell it like the ball wasn't coming in if you're Garver until the last possible second? Maybe Otani lets up. You catch it and slap a tag on there like the old cornerback playing him with his right, eyes right. kind of a thing. I don't know. I I still see too much danger in a play like that. And for me, that's not what I watch baseball for. I like the baseball element of it. The Buxton catching kind of a weird hop and throwing a just a dart to the shoulder of Mitch Garver and him being able to slap a tag down as quickly as possible. That's amazing to me. The athleticism involved on both ends. But I don't care about the collision. Like I, I don't need to see that to enhance my enjoyment of the sport. Are you saying that the because you're saying last night within the rules that yeah now, like now it. exist, it, it looked clean. like a clean play. I think. Are you so. saying that baseball could or should take further measures to prevent stuff like what? I don't know what you more Garver? you can do. That's I was what, thinking about that saying. last night. Yeah. Is like okay, it, you know. You're not just gonna do like a force play at the plate. You're not gonna. Yeah, you're right. never. You could you not. Can't do that. You're just opening up a whole can of worms that that has no end in sight. So I don't know that you could actually make it any safer for the catcher. I just think that it's good that they're taking these protective measures, and now catchers aren't like seen as uh, you know sort of like wusses, or they're not tough enough if they don't get their leg down and try to block it. I'd rather see a catcher rack up his. 450, 500 plate appearances sure. rather than be a brute and a couple times a year knock somebody down with your shoulder. That doesn't matter to me. And it I'm, that that's secondary to me. I'm just saying the entertainment of the play. Yes, there are price of admission players. I think there, there are aspects of the game that are price of admission. And part of the reason why I watch the game and love it and a bang-bang play at the plate on a throw from the outfield has always been one of my favorite plays to watch in baseball. I agree. Do you not cringe at collisions? I do, but I cringe at collisions in the NFL. I cringe yeah, when I see a guy get his face caved in in the octagon in the UFC. But yeah, I, I also that. I also go into it. <laughs> yeah, me, I'm with Derek. I'm I go into that. it knowing that all the competitors are willing well, and able participants who know the risks that they face, and if they're willing to face those risks to entertain me, by all means, get your face caved in. That's disgusting. Yeah, I'm. I'm. <laughs> I think I'm appalled. That's just disgusting. <laughs> just Sorry. I think. Ba- I think baseball's gone. Uh, professional baseball's gone as far as they could possibly go uh, to try and protect 
catchers yeah, and players. That's probably fair. Uh, the other and the other, of course, part of this conversation that, that we're not taking the step to that we could too is if you are a price of admission player, should you be a catcher? Sure, because that's sure. that's. I mean, the the position is so punishing. Just catching on on a daily basis. I mean, well, this goes back to uh, to Joe and the conversations about him and should right. and should Bryce he have been, Harper was a catcher. Yeah, uh, uh, Biggio came yep. up a catcher for the Astros and yep. eventually has moved, I think, to second base and then to the outfield. Mm-hmm. Harper. So the the other jumping off point for this conversation is if you have a guy who people are going to go pay to see. Should that guy be subjected to probably one of the most grueling positions in not just baseball, but all of sports? Because on yeah. a daily basis, you are doing things that the body probably is not meant to do. It's the quarterback argument to me that in the NFL, you make that trade off because, well, one, some of these guys aren't good enough athletes to play any other position in the NFL. Like Tom Brady wouldn't make it as a slot wide receiver, <laughs> not even close. Right. But that position is so much more valuable yeah. as a quarterback. Now, catcher isn't at that level, but I think it could be approaching that level. I think there are things now that we're starting to understand of what it means to be a good big league catcher and how much value that provides to your team that I think, you know, the Yadier Molinas of the world have been underrated for years. And so what Mitch Garver and Jason Castro Williams Astadio, to an extent, have been able to do this season. It's almost like we talk about it, but it's still flying too low under the radar. I I think catcher is such a valuable position in the major leagues that if you get a guy who can do it, you just have to take that advantage, knowing that there's the injury risk and knowing that there's the wear down factor. Now, if you're not a good catcher and you're just kind of sitting back there yeah, I was on, just gonna say, on your five-gallon bucket catching Mitch softball pitches. Mitch Garver last year. I was just going to say, what if we're talking about Mitch Garver's offense this year, but his defense of last year? Oh, that's, he would have been the DH. Exactly. Yeah, he would be DHing. Now, that's one of the things. I'm glad we brought that up because Mitch Garver has made such strides behind the plate that he is now valuable in both senses for the Twins. Gibson said that exactly last night. He he said that privately Garver is much more thrilled about his defensive improvement sure. than the fact that he's been great at the plate. I believe that. that he's take, he takes way more pride. And if you watched him last year and now, it's a different guy. Yes, and, and it's not, not the same player. And I understand that he's he's getting down lower now, and that he's not crouching constantly. And instead, he's down in the old deal where you've got the one uh, shin down the on Tony the ground. Pena. Yeah, the Pena. All of that's fine, but that doesn't mean that he was destined to be this good. He worked really hard. Yes, and really on, hard on things that here. we can't see on yeah. TV. So it's not just one adjustment. Wrist strength, overall flexibility. There's probably a mental aspect, too, of game planning. And right. things like, you know, getting really into the weeds, pitch tunneling and sequencing to set up hitters and strike them out. Like That all falls on a catcher's shoulders and brain. And if you're, if you're just so-so at that, like my sense is... Bryce Harper, when he was playing in junior college after he left his high school team early so he could hit bombs with a wood bat, he probably wasn't a superstar catcher. He was probably a superstar hitter who was the best catcher in his town or whatever. Mitch Garver has evolved beyond the point, in my mind, in my eyes anyways, just through a quarter of the the twin season, evolved beyond the point where you say, boy, that bat's so good, and he's so-so as a catcher, so let's move him out of there. I think he's legitimately very good at both. By the way, you mentioned Tony Pena. When I was a kid playing catcher, 
I saw Tony Pena. I was like, that looks cool. I'm going to do that. Next yeah, time you I did the whole leg. The I did that, and my coach was like, what are you doing? You're not Tony Pena. <laughs> crouch like a crouch catcher, like a idiot. Catcher. Yeah. You were no, 20 looked, years ahead of the I time. Know, no, that's what I'm saying. I was ahead of the times. Cool. I was trying to frame pitches better. No, ama- I was just amazing. trying to look cool. But I was. Tr- I could. I should have said, I'm just trying to frame pitches better. Coach. I'm trying to preserve strikes here, coach. <laughs> It's all about run prevention. <laughs> Have you not seen the analytics? Oh, Coach man. is like, shut up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the next guy? Tommy, get over here. You're catching yeah. for the rest of the season. Rami, sit down. Go, go to the outfield. Have a fruit snack. Yeah. Pick daisies, Maklov. Did not want me in the Tony Peter couch. Anything else you want to fight about, Derek? What do we What do we got lined up for the third segment of the show? Are we done fighting? Well, we have to talk about the new guy who's here for the first time. I don't think we have a real fight about this guy, though. It's just a fun but, and but interesting really talker for this. the Twins. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, but it was still a, it was, the play itself was phenomenal. Well, only one of us wept tears of joy seeing a catcher go down in pain. Okay, but I'm talking I'm I'm talking <laughs> about beginning earlier. with Buxton. It was Soto. a beautiful baseball oh, play. No, it was, yes, it thank was phenomenal. You. The talent. That unfortunately ended in an injury. Yes, and we don't want to see anybody get hurt. Right. If Otani got hurt, I, I wouldn't have been happy. It's like it's like but, when a, when a quarterback makes a beautiful throw and, and the receiver and the defensive back get there at the same exact time, and the receiver completes the catch despite getting his head knocked off. It's a beautiful football play yeah. that unfortunately ended with somebody being carted off the field. Uh, that's just, just par for the course. I'm just anti decapitation. <laughs> I guess that's my official stance on the. So you don't watch Game of Thrones. I actually have not. A no. bold stance. He's a baseball conscientious objector. Yes, that's that should be my new LinkedIn. You're not profile. going to baseball wars. That's, war is what that's you're my Twitter me. bio. So you want to talk about the new guy? The new guy. When the Score North first place Twins show returns right after this, we're on Score North on 1500 and Score North mobile app. And he matches Encarnacion. <laughs> you just knew that was coming. I mean, you knew it was coming. That was uh, on ESPN, and uh, seems like forever ago that Miguel Sano was last hitting home runs for the Minnesota Twins. This is the Score North first place Twins show on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. And that Score North mobile app, which is awfully nifty. You should go and get it. And. Uh, Subscribe to all your favorite podcasts. Give us those five-star ratings. The more you listen live on the Score North app, the more points you rack up for potential rewards. It's also your one-stop shop for all written content on scorenorth.com, including columns by our very own Joe Zolgad and Derek Wetmore's thoughts on your Minnesota Twins. And uh, Byron Buxton should update you. Just went yard during our commercial break there to make it 4-1 to one Twins as that game sits in the bottom of the fifth inning out at Target Field. But you were talking about the new guy before the break, Derek, and the new guy is... The aforementioned Miguel Sano, who was called up today. He was the corresponding move to Mitch Garver going on the 10-day injured list. Your thoughts on uh, the return of Miguel Sano? It's exciting for the Twins. There aren't many players with the upside with the bat that Sano possesses. And obviously it's been a while since we've seen it. And it's not without its risk. But the season that he put up was a 2015 when he broke onto the scene is just really hard to shake from your memory. Um, if they get any semblance of that guy, they're going to do really, really well to cover for the absence of Mitch Garver. Um, I, I don't know exactly what to expect out of Sano at all, but this becomes instantly one of the most fascinating storylines on an already fascinating first place team. 
And Cruz is out too now, so he, he's going to be um, counted on in some way, shape, or form to replace offense from both those guys. I guess my, I guess my question to dial things back just a little bit as far, far as the excitement goes too is, what is the not ours? What is the Twins' expectation going to be as well? He was he didn't have to be recalled from his rehab until May twentieth, which was coming up. Uh, but I also heard some scuttlebutt that there was talk about the fact that the Twins were considering using their last option on him to keep him down, not because he was playing horribly, but because I think there was a there was a great comfort internally with the Twins of slow cooking this and not forcing him back up here and not saying, all right, kid, you're back, because the pressure on him now is going to be there. There's going to be an expectation both publicly and probably within the clubhouse to a certain degree as well that he's going to get up here and perform now because he's back. The Twins, I think, were trying to not apply that pressure or at least put it off in the distance a little bit. Now that's not the case, but it's still a fair question to ask. Right. Okay, now that he's here and and Cruz is hurt and Garver is hurt and to expect him to replace both those guys is damn near impossible. So yeah. what should we be expecting from him? I th- I feel like for us to know there definitely is pressure and there's urgency for him and and maybe even more than than there's ever been because he comes to a team that, even without Mitch Garver, already has enough bats to win baseball games. And if he can't produce on the level that guys already have been in that spot, wherever it is that that they choose to put him on a given day, if he can't produce at the level that they've been getting from the spots that he plays, I don't think that they'll be very patient or very hesitant to to yank him out of the lineup. I think it'll be a very short leash for Miguel Sano. So the pressure is on him, but the flip side of that is I don't think there's any pressure for the Minnesota Twins in the Miguel Sano situation anymore because we've compared him a lot, at least I've heard the comparison often, to Andrew Wiggins in in the Minnesota Timberwolves as far as a guy with a world of potential but at times just doesn't seem to want it and there always seems to be something that's holding him back from, from reaching that potential. And it seemed like for a long time, just like Andrew Wiggins with the Wolves, that getting the most out of out of Miguel Sano and tapping into whatever is there was a key to this franchise turning things around and getting on the right track. That's not the case anymore with Miguel Sano. They don't need Miguel Sano for for them to be able to win baseball games and contend for the division and far beyond that. So I think for the, for the Twins, it's a win-win. If he comes in and produces at the level that they're already getting from this offense or beyond, Great. It's another bat. You're that much more deep and that much more versatile. If he's not, okay. We still got plenty of, of firepower here. Just quick, though, I, I think with the two bats that, that are now lost and potentially one for an extended period of time in Garver, I, I disagree to uh, to with that because I do think that there now is a pressure for him to produce because you've now lost two guys that were basically keys in your uh, lineup. Right. And now you're without both those guys. So there's an inherent pressure to me that's going to be on Sano to at least make up for some of that. Now, I don't know if that's fair, but that's what I think the thought process is going to be. Yeah, and not just within the scope of the 2019 Twins, who, by the way, just extended their lead to 5-1. Jorge Polanco's triple, Eddie Rosario, RBI double. I looked up and there were people running around the bases. I had no idea. How that sounds like a pretty typical Twins home half of yeah. the inning at uh, Target Field. So not with... Just within the context of 2019, but look at the broader scope of this, the evolution of this club. 
yeah, it's important that he produces in the short term for the reasons that Judd mentioned. Longer term, it's like you start to wonder at a point, that 2015 season that I referenced that's so hard to shake, it's not as hard to shake as it was two years ago. This is not like it happened yesterday. 2016 was injury-wrecked and bad. 2017, same story. 2018, we all know how that unfolded. It's like... It's hard to continue to say, yeah, but this guy was great. Yeah, but this guy can be great. At a certain point, you wanted him to show it. That's why it was so encouraging for the Twins and their fans that he showed up to spring training really ready to kick it in the arse because that's just that would have been a wonderful development for this team if he regained some of that form. He took it seriously. He was a power third baseman. He played a good third base, and he was trim and fit enough to stay healthy for 600 plate appearances. That was going to be a giant boost for the Twins. This kind of, I'll call it a fluke injury. I don't know if it is. Trouble does seem to kind of follow this guy around like a magnet. I wonder, though, where we would be with Sano and the narrative, if not for that injury. Because all signs in spring training, except for the big one, all of them, all of the talk was this has gone really, really well. What an incredible winter for this guy. This is the year he breaks out. What, six, seven, eight weeks later, the narrative is completely different. And now it's like he's under the microscope as he has been for the past three seasons. I think that he'll produce enough to help mitigate some of the loss of Mitch Garver. But I think the binocular or the uh, the microscope is firmly on Miguel Sano, not just for 2019, but like, what does this mean for his career going forward? This is a crossroads for this guy. Do you agree with me that they're not necessarily relying on him at this point, though? That they feel no, like... No, I think, I think that narrative has gotten away from itself. Like, Miguel Sano was a big part of their plans. And they're scoring, what, it's like five and a half runs a game. They're hitting two homers a game. But now you lost potentially two big That's bats. That's the problem. They've lost a lot You now. can't just make that up by saying, well, A-Ray Adrianz is a good big I think hitter. I think their goal was to do what, what Rami is saying which was ease it along, he comes back, and it's like, okay, if you're good, that's great, but no pressure. Now I feel like it's shifted with two guys out to, well, there's got to be some pressure. Yeah, you can't say you can't say they're deep one through nine and then dig three spots into your bench and say, well, but we're still deep one through nine. No, no baseball team is that talented. I, maybe the New York Yankees are proving me wrong a little bit. And but, Cruz's return becomes a key factor now. And if he's Nelson Cruz that we've come to know and love in Minnesota, then this is great. If it's a lingering wrist issue that saps some of the power from the 38-year-old, that becomes a problem. All right. I think we've solved all the twins' problems for today. I just saw Declan doing a dance I, I, on the other side. I saw side La of the glass. Tortuga waiting in the on deck circle oh, okay. as the Angels made a pitching okay. change, and I was just trying to get your attention. I thought something that happened, and we were behind. <laughs> no, I saw, Ra- I saw Robbie's face. Robbie's like, "What the? Bleep I thought, is I, thought going I missed on? something." Cowabunga, dude! Oh, oh you, oh, you missed something. Just don't worry about it. One thing that did happen while Derek was talking: the ball boy at Target Field oh. just saved lives. You saw great, it, Judd. a great play. It was really? a really a great play, okay. and I and literally we were talking about heads getting ripped off before. That ball was screaming into the stands. But, that that might have taken have somebody's head that. off. But there, there it's was the a most guy, exciting play in baseball. But there was a fan behind the ball boy with a glove stood up. So if the ball boy didn't get the ball, he was going to catch it. I swear to God, old school radio headphones on. Yes, like the type where, where you put them on Listening and have the, the radio twin show. and have it. On, like on the ones your with headset? the foam on the uh, yes on the earpiece yes yeah I want to know where this guy got I want those. that guy or gal calling in on Thursday when you we get do the those at the show. one remaining Radio Shack in all the state of Minnesota <laughs> I, I miss believe, Radio Shack I believe it's in Mankato I Judd, if you Ra- want to make the drive Rami, I loved Radio Shacks if you missed any portion of this show. 
Check out uh, Score North Twins wherever you download podcasts. Also available on Spotify. And we have Twins programming five days a week. Score North First Place Twins show five days a week, Monday through Friday. Available on the Score North app with contributors like Len Perkins, Patrick Royce. You have this very show right here. Get that app. Subscribe to all your favorite podcasts. Give us your five-star ratings. Listen live and earn points to win rewards. For Derek Wetmore, Judd Zolgad, Declan on the other side of the glass, I'm Rami Makhlouf saying thanks for listening to the Score North First Place Twins Show. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A do operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.